Hey, everybody, this is Oklahoma Lieutenant Governor Matt Pinnell uh, coming to you with a with another couple podcasts. So the next two podcasts are going to focus on something a little different, uh, but uh, want to certainly welcome you to our Oklahoma Innovate That podcast uh, in, in partnership with my Lieutenant Governor's office and OCAST. Uh, and again, just want to thank OCAST so much uh, for having the vision for this podcast to really be telling Oklahoma companies, telling the stories of Oklahoma companies, but also the services that we have in the state of Oklahoma to offer to those companies. So I, I hope that you share these podcasts. Please continue to uh, spread the good word about this podcast. We're going to continue to be aggressive with it uh, because we know it's helping it's helping companies across the state, but it's also telling other states and other companies in other states about how great Oklahoma is to do business, how great of a state it is to live, work, and play here. So as I said, the next couple podcasts are, are going to be focused on the Oklahoma innovation model. I, I say pipeline because it really is a pipeline uh, and how it fits into economic development in the state of Oklahoma. If you've listened to a few of our podcasts previously, companies that come in that talk about how they've been successful and how the state has helped them, they will mention a few of these uh, uh, these organizations that make up the pipeline. So we wanted to make sure that that we really focused uh, the next couple podcasts on those organizations, uh, the people behind them, and, and what they're doing to help uh, really push us to uh, towards top ten status. So the Oklahoma little background here, the Oklahoma Innovation Pipeline, uh, it's comprised of five companies: so OCAST, I2E, iHub. Uh, the new product development center, the which is MPDC, and the Oklahoma Manufacturing Alliance. All five of those companies help help companies, help small businesses, and, and help startups in the state of Oklahoma. And the reason I call it a pipeline is because there can be a company in Oklahoma that potentially could go through all five of these. Every one of these 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 companies can help small businesses grow inside the state of Oklahoma. So these companies they do they work in unison. Uh, and they act as strategic partners with one another to develop economic development programs, which help small and medium-sized businesses grow in Oklahoma. I've seen it firsthand. Uh, they're Oklahoma. They, these programs are in Oklahoma statute uh, and state that OCAS must form a public-private partnership to administer these programs. So that's the other really important piece of this. You know, these are in Oklahoma statute. The, the taxpayer dollars, you know, dollars are appropriated. Uh, to OCAST every year. So I, I tell state reps and state senators and the governors alike, why wouldn't we start with these companies first? Uh, these companies are already right there to help uh, small businesses and medium-sized businesses across the state. And there's accountability already there with these with these uh, companies because we administer dollars to them. It's a no-brainer. And maybe it just makes too much sense inside uh, state government sometimes uh, to be doing that. But I, I have been tenacious. OCAST has as well. And thankfully, thankfully, in the state of Oklahoma, you have a you have a state that is on board with pushing the Oklahoma innovation pipeline model that we have. So with us today, we have a Tom, we have a Connor, and we have a Stacy uh, that represent three of these companies uh, in the state of Oklahoma. And it really, let, let's just kind of kick it off here. Um, please introduce and discuss your company and your role within it. Stacy, we'll start with you. Sure. Great, thank you so much for having me. Uh, my name is Stacey Brandhorst. I'm the Director of Business Development and a Venture Advisor at I2E. A lot of people may not know that I2E stands for Innovation to Enterprise, and we work with Oklahoma-based companies through advisory services and investment services. 
So uh, you may have heard a lot of Oklahoma companies coming to us for investment capital, traditional venture capital. But we also do a lot of early stage uh, work, kind of a very consultative approach through several programs that we have in-house to really help Oklahomans determine if the business idea that they have is viable in the marketplace and worthy of venture capital funding. So uh, a lot of my day-to-day spent talking to entrepreneurs, uh, working with companies that we've invested in already, and uh, spreading the message that there is capital capital available in Oklahoma. That's great. Stacey, thank you. We already have my, my first fumble. So Tom is not with us. It's actually <laughs> Daniel who's representing uh, OK Catalyst right today. So um, I'll give Tom a hard time for not being here. Uh, but Daniel, introduce yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll try to try to live up to uh, to what Tom would have provided. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, Daniel Moses here with uh, with the OU Tom Love Innovation Hub. I am the director of what we call OK Catalyst or the Oklahoma Catalyst programs. And OK Catalyst focuses on connecting entrepreneurs and researchers in Oklahoma to a little known funding source called the Small Business Innovation and Research Program or SBIR. So a lot of people around the country don't know what this is, but eventually, essentially it's uh, it's about $4 billion that the sm- federal government invests in small businesses. Um, for the purpose of developing new technologies. And so, you know, really it boils down to uh, innovation and technology boils down to two things, which is know-how and funding. Um, And I know that we have a lot of know-how in Oklahoma, um, both at OU, um, as well as OSU, Tulsa, and and elsewhere. Um, And OK Catalyst focuses on on taking all the great entrepreneurs that that take advantage of our startup programs at the Tom Love Innovation Hub, coming up with new ideas, coming up with new innovations and new technologies, um, and tries to connect them with funding at the earliest stages in order to prepare them for venture capital investments, private equity, um, and some of the other great great resources that we have here in Oklahoma um, through I2E and our partner. You know, yeah, that little known program. It, it's so true to hear Tom and I, have, uh, when he told me his story, uh, and Tom's a national expert uh, on this, uh, and I'm sure you will be very soon, Daniel. Um, I, I just, it, it was a perfect example of, again, what we're talking about. This is a program, $4 billion. Uh, available across uh, this country. I'm, I'm so, frankly, proud of the federal government uh, with, with that kind of vision and putting that kind of money behind it. But there's a lot of folks in Oklahoma that don't know about it. So um, I, I certainly, you guys preach from the rooftops about it all the time, but I want to as a lieutenant governor. And, and again, it's it's another prime example of why we do podcasts like this. So you know, some small business out there may hear this and, and be able to tap into it. So Daniel, thanks for being with us. Uh, and Connor, please introduce yourself. Yeah, thank you. Connor Cox, Oklahoma Center for the Advancement of Science and Technology. We are the state solution for technology-based economic development. So over 30 years ago, the legislature had the vision to help diversify Oklahoma's economy, and OCAST was the answer. Uh, What we do, I consider uh, two primary outcomes, very internal programs and external programs. Internally, we have five funding opportunities that most of our clients would consider grant funding. Those are technically matching funds that the state can provide for research and development, basic health research, plant science research, uh, and then external programs. So Tom Love Innovation Hub, I2E, we manage contracts with each of these organizations uh, to help companies go from concept to commercialization. And Connor, sorry, I should have probably started with you because again, that is, you're right, that's how the model starts. You know, Mm -hmm. OCAS, the the dollars, those listening, the dollars are administered, uh, again, taxpayer dollars are uh, through our state, Oklahoma state budget is administered to OCAS. And then OCAS administers those dollars to the four other entities inside the pipeline. Correct. So I think we're kind of all on the yeah. same page, right? <laughs> uh, so I, I, again, I appreciate all three of you, your time being here today. So you, you, each of you talked a little bit about this, but again, what, what statutory programs did each, does each company administer 
and, and how does your company kind of fit into the pipeline? So, you know, Connor, do you want to start on sure, that? Sure, happy yeah. to. So, uh, again, internal and external programs. Externally, we are required to have those external partnerships with other organizations. So I2E, OMA, MPDC, OU, all of these are external programs that stem out of OCAST uh, that we manage year to year. There's metrics involved in those contracts. Internally, I would say we have five internal funding opportunities that we provide. Those are matching funds for researchers here in Oklahoma, for private companies here in Oklahoma. We exist to help small to medium-sized companies produce R&D here in Oklahoma. We have an intern fund that can provide funding for Oklahoma University students to work in companies for up to two years on a project. Yeah, I, I hear a lot about that program. Yeah. yeah, and a very exciting, excellent opportunity so the state can provide up to $30,000 in matching funds to that internship. So whenever those uh, companies receive those awards, those are some of the best internships in Oklahoma because of the funds. Um, most of our interns make Twenty to twenty-five dollars an hour, uh, full time through the summer, part time through the school year, and they're working in companies that are doing innovation and research. So those are excellent opportunities uh, that exist for companies in Oklahoma. Research and development-wise, we have an ORS program, Oklahoma Applied Research Support, can provide up to three hundred thousand dollars in R and D funds. So this is the state's incentive for companies to do research and development here in Oklahoma. Um, if you want to innovate your current product line, if you want to you know, partner with the university faculty member to develop a new technology, that fund exists to do just that. Uh, and then on the health side, we have a basic health research program and a postdoctoral fellowship program. Those help our institutions that do research here in Oklahoma. Uh, and those those are 45000 a year for the health research and then up to 75000 a year for the postdoc. So the postdoc program is about the postdoc. So we, we can recruit and retain the best postdoctoral fellows in the nation to come to Oklahoma within that program. And so that's just now three or four years old, uh, but we're already seeing excellent results out of that program. Uh, and lastly, we have a basic plant science research program. So that we fund basic plant science through that program. So Noble Institute's an excellent example mm -hmm. out of that program uh, and what they've accomplished in the last few decades. Uh, also, all of our, our universities across the state leverage the funds in that program to do plant science research here in Oklahoma. Yeah. So, I mean, heavy on R&D, the internship program. Again, you guys have a lot kind of going on mm -hmm. under that OCAST brand. Uh, and again, kind of making sure we clearly define that and and uh, and how do people find out that information. That I'll, I'll, I'll kind of ask that next, but kind of want to go rapid fire here. Still, Stacy, again, talk a little bit about, uh, a little bit more about that I2E. Sure. So in continuation of the pipeline, people are coming to I2E when their idea is a little more baked. So we're probably not in the R&D phase. We kind of want to know that there's an inkling that it works because what we're really trying to do is pour fuel on an existing fire, right? We may have um, innovation that's gone through a grant uh, funding institution or received an SBIR. And they say, I'm ready to take this to market, but I don't really know where to start. Yeah. So we work a lot on product market fit, talking to customers in the market, figuring out buying cycles. I always like to use the example that uh, one company came to us wanting to innovate the way that public schools eat lunch. And then upon talking to those customers and those decision makers, realizing that they had signed contracts for four years into the future. So it's going to be a really long time before they were able to kind of bust into that pipeline. So we try to work a lot on, you have something, is it something that the market wants? Uh, after that, we try to use our capital sources. We have dilutive and non-dilutive. If 
any of your listeners have watched Shark Tank, you know, that's normally the first thing they say oh, is yes. I'm offering a certain percentage of my company for a certain amount of dollars. And a lot of entrepreneurs are worried about bringing in outside capital for that reason. There's You've got mm-hmm. someone in the boat with you, right? Yep. So that can be a comfort, but it can also be a concern, which is why we try to be an excellent capital partner, not only with dollars, but also with the consulting services that we offer. So we have a, a TBFP program, Technology Business Finance Program, that offers up to $50,000 in non-dilutive funding to entrepreneurs that are working on making that last step towards product readiness. A lot of that can go into technical development or maybe a beta test, getting the investors a little bit more sure with the data that there is a there there, we like to say. And then, of course, after the investment, we do a lot of post-monitoring, helping people connect with partnerships and really focusing on the hard part of entrepreneurship. Well, they're all hard, but sales, initial sales, getting first traction. How do we get dollars in the door? Because once we deploy capital, it's kind of like we've turned over the egg timer, right? right? We've got sand through an hourglass, really time fighting against us. So we try to make those meaningful moves quickly and have a plan established uh, for entrepreneurs there. Great. Uh, And Daniel? Little bit, a little bit about, again, how your program kind of works in the system as well. Fantastic. So we, uh, we at the Tom Love Innovation Hub are executors of the Small Business Research Assistance Program through OCAS. Um, and this program has, has been in state statute for, for quite a long time and has been focused on helping small businesses and researchers both at universities, but also anywhere in the state of Oklahoma, access more of this SBIR funding that I mentioned earlier. So um, Stacy alluded to to dilutive capital. Uh, well, SBIR is one of those non-dilutive grant funding sources. So if you go out and win SBIR funding, uh, you never have to pay it, pay it back. You get to keep all ownership over the intellectual property that you develop, and it's literally cash in your bank account. So you know it's really no there's no downside to it other than the fact that not very many people know about it, and not very many people know how to win it. And so our job within the OK Catalyst programs at uh, at the Tom Love Innovation Hub is really to help university researchers as well as small businesses across the state of Oklahoma. Um, to access that funding and and to position them to be more successful when they go to have a conversation um, with a group like I2E or somebody else so that they can come to the table and say, actually, we already have a great prototype developed. We already have sales. We already have revenue. Um, so, you know, pour some some fuel on that fire and give me a little bit more funding and, and help me take it to the next level. What are you? Is it capped uh, out? I mean, is there a certain amount of money that, that um, again, that these, these dollars are awarded to companies or researchers? Is it capped at a certain level? There is no cap. Um, okay. So the way that the program works, uh, there's about $4 billion annually, as I, as I mentioned Across earlier. the country. Across the country, yeah. um, not just here in Oklahoma. Um, available to small businesses. That's broken down across 11 different federal agencies. Okay. Um, and so I'm getting into the weeds a little bit here, but but essentially the key thing to know is not all agencies have the same amount of money. Um, and that's one of the things that at the beginning that we really help companies find out is which is the best agency that you can go after to optimize your chances of winning. Gotcha. The phase one level, typically if you win a phase one award, um, you win about $150,000 on average that can go up or down a little bit. Yeah. And the project lasts about six months. Um, most companies across the country average about a 10 to 15% win rate. Our clients here in Oklahoma are averaging about a 35 to 40% win rate Great. on those phase ones. Um, if you are successful in that phase one, then you go into a phase two, which is typically about a million dollars for two years. Um, but again, this is just kind of one progressive project. There's no cap. You could win, if you can do the work and, and have the know-how to get it, you could win 10, 20, 30 contracts per year. And in, in fact, most of the the companies that are really successful across the country, that's their whole business model. They they will win millions upon millions in revenue in this funding um, and just figure out what works and, and what to take forward to the market. That's fascinating. Um, so a little, again, let, let's go uh, and I'll start, um, Connor, with you. I mean, how do you identify companies? Again, we, we've talked about 
what you guys offer to companies uh, and universities and, and uh, companies everywhere in between. But how do we identify companies to reach out to about the assistance that OCAS provides? Sure. Uh, we are extremely thankful for the pipeline companies. I, I would say I have an email in my inbox every week from one of each organization referring somebody um, just strictly word of mouth. So uh, I think all of us have people out in the field each each day meeting with companies, meeting with researchers and kind of connecting the dots. Yeah. Um, so, so really grassroots it, very much in, so. in some ways. Stacy, We try to start the innovation pipeline as early as we can. We have a Love's Cup business plan competition for collegiate students, really trying to turn them on to the idea of, hey, something that you think of in college could be your full-time job after this. You could pursue entrepreneurship. So we like to start there, but we do a ton of grassroots efforts, as Connor mentioned, really looking for companies that are based in Oklahoma and that are pursuing a high growth strategy. So I think that that really differentiates us from some other services here in the state is that these companies are not meant to last forever. We're hoping that they have an acquisition or an exit at some yeah. point. Mention the Love's Cup really quick too for, for, for those listening. Sure. So the Love's Cup is an amazing opportunity. That's actually how I came to work at I2E as I was a student at OSU and I was taking forward a class project. And after I graduated MBA, I didn't get a job much to the uh, delighted my parents. Yeah. Um, but it, it enables uh, university students to bring forward a traditional business plan and a pitch. Uh, they give that pitch to judges that are actual investors and industry experts. And then uh, they compete for around $150,000 in prize money, which they can then invest into their business if they're going to continue on with it. So um, we have company or pardon me, students from all over the state that are bringing these innovative ideas that either came out of university research or just ones that they thought of themselves. And it really gives us a cool pipeline to see a few years later them coming up for investment in an actual deal rather than kind of a collegiate competition. Yeah. It's a great program. We thank the Loves family certainly for, certainly. for that investment. Uh, Daniel? Absolutely. I would echo, you know, really just the grassroots partnerships. We really rely a lot on on referrals within all the various different organizations that do this work in Oklahoma. So, you know, when somebody may not be a bit the best fit for SBIR, it's great to have partners that we can send them to and, and get help and resources that they need and vice versa. Um, and also speak specifically at OU, the Innovation Hub um, has lots of programs and resources that are that are just more broadly focused on entrepreneurship and not only focused on SBIR funding. Um, and so we really utilize the grassroots networking efforts of of our staff at the Innovation Hub, as well as the resources that we provide there um, to bring in students um, and connect them to the resources that we have there as well. That, that, that's great. Again, at, at a statewide level, <clears throat> inside our executive branch, certainly we want to do um, a better job of marketing what you're doing as well. I mean, states that are successful with these kind of programs, I think it, it does take a, a state investment. So, um, you know, we're, if we're all working together, you know, rising tide's going to lift all boats there. Uh, along kind of those those lines, would there ever be a situation where one company would work with all three of you all? Uh, Stacey, we can kind of, may not all need to answer that question, but, you know, it, is there it, is there a situation where, you know, again, you have one company that would work with all three of you all? Certainly. And there has been instances where we've had someone that's received either OCAS grant funding or SBIR funding. And then, uh, correct me, Daniel, in the phase two, they need kind of a public a partner to take it to market. And Daniel can expand more on that. But I2E likes to step in and, and be that partner and say, hey, we actually do have some public-private capital that would be the fuel on the fire. So um, I think it's it's certainly possible, but the referral relationships exist among all of us. So if someone comes really early saying, hey, I have this idea, I need to do a lot of development, we may kick it back 
to one of our partner organizations where it gets a little grant funding, stands on its own two feet a bit more, and then comes back for the traditional VC capital at I2E. Yeah. Any other county? Certainly. Um, at OCAS, we're, we, a lot of the time we are the beginning. Um, our money is probably as cheap as money comes. And so it's, uh, there's some matching funds that are involved, but the state never wants to own your company. They don't want any equity in your company. We just want success for Oklahoma. And certainly Daniel's programs are, are a great match. Um, whenever you can win some of his money, it's often a great match for our programs. Um, and then Stacey's money is typically a follow-on as they try to commercialize. So absolutely, every Good. time. Good. Uh, so how do you all, I mean, how often, again, kind of taking that, that example of a company that, that a lot of you all would work, work with, how often do you refer companies back and forth to each other? I'll start with this one. I would I would say just about every other day. Um, wow. You know whether or not it's you know somebody that has, for in our case uh, for at least whether or not it's somebody who's won SBIR funding or not, or somebody we're just having an initial conversation with that maybe could take advantage of other resources at the same time as pursuing SBIR funding. We're always referring folks back and forth and and going back to the previous question about you know maybe a company who's who's been through that entire pipeline. Um, one of our clients started at OU as graduate students in the computer science program. And they they started out taking a, a course on entrepreneurship, uh, like lots of students do, and then took advantage of uh, the Sooner Innovation Fund, which is about a five thousand um, dollar grant that OU has for OU students working on startups. Um, figured out a little bit more, uh, went and worked with our partners at OSU um, through Cowboy Technologies, and went through their NSF Innovation Core program, which is focused on doing more customer discovery and finding finding out more about your your target market. Um, and then now they've they've won a little bit over six hundred thousand dollars in SBIR funding uh, with our help through the the Catalyst programs through our business accelerators um, and are better positioned now um, for conversations with with everybody else. They I believe are in conversations with um, our partners at OSU about collaborations on research and all kinds of things of that sort. So they've kind of come come full circle over the past few years. Great, good, good. Any? Yeah, I guess the short answer is yes mm -hmm. uh, on a daily basis. Uh, that, that's really good to hear, though. Really good to hear.